0: Well, thank you for downloading or listening to this podcast, the second podcast in our Made for Love series. Um, As you know, we'll be trying to produce at least a podcast a week to go along with our series, trying to dig a bit deeper into the issues that are raised, answering any questions that have come in and, uh, and trying to talk as much as we can about what it means to be made for love. And so this week we're following on from Adrian's sermon on gender, which hopefully you either heard live or you've had a chance to download and listen to. So welcome, Adrian. Good Thank to you have very you much. here. much. Good to be here. It's our second time of doing a podcast it together. Is, yeah. So very much enjoyed the first one and, uh, and nice to have a chance to do it again. And so to kick us off, Adrian, if that's okay, uh, in your sermon you talked a lot about the cultural context of all this, is it, really to help us understand how transgender ideology yeah. has grown yeah. and developed, and yeah. kind of why we are where we are, and um, and that was really helpful. Um, but it might it might be good as we start this podcast to just summarise again for us and remind us. So given that's where culture is, what are we saying as Bible believing Christians? What's kind of what are we saying about gender? Um, yeah yeah give us a few thoughts
1: so uh, probably I'd go back to the three points I made uh, on that morning probably number one uh, being that um, you know God says let us make man or and so God created man I think they're the two little excerpts from that those verses in Genesis 1 26 through to 27 so this whole idea that you know uh, the Bible teaches that we're created or we're made and um, I think that's true, not just of mankind originally, but true of every one of us as well. Which yeah. is the beauty mm. of um, God's gift of gender. You know, so I think I, I mentioned Jeremiah, who says in Jeremiah chapter one, uh, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." So this whole idea that our formation is not is even not just solely a biological process, but there's intent and design on God's part behind every single human being and that's why human beings are human beings and so important and the reason that they're left by god because he's created them so that was the first thing i think the so whole idea that we're made by god
0: and so you're not a, you're not randomly male or female you you are you are given by god to be male or female
1: Ab- absolutely because it goes on to say you know very clearly part of reflecting who god is to the world and who God is back to God because that's what it's about. Is this unique way that God creates male and female? You know, so they're separate identities. There's not a fluid identity. And in those separate identities, and in the union of those two identities in marriage, uh, they become metaphors or they speak of God in His glory. Um, whereas you know, you could argue that when I decide the shape of my own identity, it's really speaking about the glory of man rather than the glory of God, I would say. We put ourselves on show, we don't put God on show. And Really the point of human identity is a display of God in all his majesty and glory, which is done uniquely through those two identities, male and female.
0: Which is actually, I know we've only gotten on the first part, we're going off topic already yeah. a little bit, but when you think of it like that, if I think, uh, my whatever it means for me to be a man, male, masculine, um, the end of the journey of working that out is, is something profound about my worship of God and my service of him, yeah. rather than just, um, you, you know, work, working out something about me. Yeah, I think so. So, so I, th- I think being male
1: is an act of worship, isn't
0: it? Interesting. Or okay. you know, being female yeah, you know.
1: is an act of worship, um, in the sense that God makes us to, to reflect Himself back to Him as well as who God is to creation in the way we steward and serve creation. You know, so yeah, so, I think so You've already
0: but, stood things on its head, really, haven't you? In, in, in claiming that as Christians, we're already standing things on its head, yeah, and saying it's not really about it is about you, but not not really, but not it? really. No, and this is something
1: we really struggle with because we're all looking to be ourselves and find our own identity, and even Christians will struggle with the idea that we exist for the glory of God because we want we sh- think surely a loving God makes us to exist for ourselves. Mm. And so, you know, the starting points are really, really important in some of these things, aren't they? Otherwise, even as Christians, we get slightly off
0: track. And it'd be um, great to come back to that. Uh, we will come back to that in terms of, you, you know, would a loving God make it all about us? And, yeah. and what impact does that have on us? But, but you yeah. had three points, mate, saying. So yeah,
1: so I think the second point was that we're made in, in his image. Um, so really according to the creation narrative human beings are unique in the whole of creation in that they are made only them are made in god's image um and so um this is really uh so so we're here to tell uh, tell a story about him and um and so this is picked up in other parts of the bible i think on that morning Mm -hmm. i talked about paul and how paul talks about marriage 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 is a union that says more about God than it says about marriage, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So, you know, this whole idea that for this reason, um, a, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, he says, Paul, because I'm talking about God and the church. So actually marriage itself, its primary function is to reflect the very character and nature of God before it becomes the union of a man and a woman for their great pleasure fulfillment and enjoyment uh, in life do you know what i mean so and i think there is this whole idea yeah. that that once um,
0: again it's not really about no, you primarily it's not, yeah so yeah. it is
1: about the glory of god so um, uh, and the whole idea that you know there is a bride and there is a bridegroom mm. you know um it isn't is a metaphor again with distinct identities that god creates and makes you know mm. um and and so god's union with the church is the same as god's union man with a woman mm. so this idea that there are clue sorry there are clear uh, two clear two clear identities of male and female
0: yeah and uh, we did touch on that in the sermon on sunday um that i spoke on marriage actually that that's why the the sort of coming together of male and female reflects something more full of the yeah. image of God than a man yeah. on his own or a woman on her own. Yeah. So well, I was I
1: was talking to talking talk to Dave Dave Fortin about this, and he was talking a little bit about again I don't want to get into a bit of an alley here, but the whole idea of twos. So rather than individual things, twos, heaven and earth, God, uh, God and creation, um, God and creation. So this this sort of whole idea that. Actually, this two distinct pairs exist in lots of different ways that Mm. in some way reflect who God is as well. Do you know what I mean? I thought, maybe that's a thought that people can take away and have a think about. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try and develop in in a piece of writing um, but this sort of whole idea that um, at no, so God Himself, being a communal being, isn't singular, individual, is He? He's yeah, a community. We've yeah. probably talked about that many times as well, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah. And your third point, then, what was the so third, the third point that is saying is yeah, about That is um, that that we're made
1: like God. So He makes us in His image, but we're made like God in the sense of He says, "Let us in our image or in our likeness." And so, really picking at the point I've just made, this really um, is critical to us understanding the communal nature of God, and it consists, so this whole idea that God consists of persons in a community, and I think as you, the point you made on a previous podcast, that this is, you need to go back and listen to that, because it's an excellent podcast if you're listening to this one, this whole idea that God is unique in that respect, but maybe we'll leave that for you to listen to that podcast. Uh, but this means that we're made um to be people in a community so we're actually constituted part of humanity itself is constituted by the relationships that we have not um so we're not an individual we're part of an us um so god creates us to be known and loved by him but known and loved by other human beings and so i think this is where um, we we sort of made the, i think i made the point that uh, that we're not designed to carry the burden of mm. living as mm. an autonomous individual responsible for the creation of my own identity you know um i'm not my own person i belong you know what i mean and, yeah. and i think yeah. this is a longing in everybody's yeah. heart to find a place to belong yes. and yet the cultural trajectory we're on is really one based around individualism, which is to withdraw from any sense of being part of something bigger than myself yeah. So you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of something bigger than me. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: And I think if you, if you're happy to, mate, I'd really like to spend some time talking about that because, uh, you've said in your sermon, you've said in this podcast, we've said as a church a number of times. It's not about you. It's not yeah. about making our own life. We've rejected those cultural narratives, and, and. When people hear that, they hear those things as threats or as um, you know that if if I can't create my own life, then it's probably going to be less good and. You know why? Why would a loving God be so restrictive? I'm struggling to put the words to it, but it comes yeah. across with those sort of emotions, doesn't it? It does. But I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice if we don't think a bit more, a bit harder about what it means experientially to yeah. live in the different paradigms. Say, so, you know, say so the difference between being made, being created, or having to make yourself and assume your own identity. Let's try and sort of. Paint a bit of a picture. Go for it. Of the consequence <laughs> uh, you can kick us off, and I'll add something about. But like, if we think of a Blake, you know, John Smith, yeah. or a lady, Joanne Smith, doesn't matter. But somebody, he, he fundamentally believes that they are just the latest in a long line of human beings without any created essence and life is down to them to define truth, morality, all those things he talks about, truth, morality, identity, is purely a matter of self-definition. Give us some thoughts on how, how you think that starts to shape their life and their experience of life. You must know people who, who, who you know, talk this talk. Yeah.
1: What, well, I think one of the points I sort of made was that I, I think that's, um, that's a burden that we were never meant to carry, right? And and most people I come across, whether whether you want to say so whether you want to be a successful businessman, uh, so it, let's just use that as an example. It's a sort of slightly mm. uh, 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 one could argue a slightly superficial issue compared to gender in some ways, but I think it carries the same principle. I uh, suddenly um, everything is down to me, mm. and I live with this huge burden of wanting to become the person that i imagine i ought to be yeah and so all sorts of things happen i would say um anxiety fear what if i'm what if i don't make that what if i'm mm. unsuccessful mm. what if i don't reach the position i think i should reach how will i look in the eyes of other people um so there's that sense in which if you're not careful you it, there's underlying shame and um you know the possibility of um so the possibility being made redundant for that individual for example yeah, yeah. suddenly means that it drives them to work exponentially hard more and more hours and that has an impact if they're married and have a family uh, i can speak about this through experience has an impact on family and the relationships in that family unit so i, I think i think the pursuit of an identity other than the one that god's given us has the potential to be extremely destructive not just to us but to those that live around us do you know what i mean or that we're we're in relationship with
0: i do I, i sort of it makes me think about you know this quest for happiness yeah you know we all want to be happy but if i am the only one responsible for me what what do i do if i can't find it you know you know if i maybe it's in work good illustration you give but maybe you hit that point where you get made redundant or you just or maybe you've got there and you suddenly realise as Jim Carrey said you know I wish everyone could be rich and famous so they realise it's not the answer (laughs) so you get there and you think flip I'm still not happy but there's no one else to sort you out so you've just got to try something else haven't you I think so
1: and so it becomes an endeavour or a pursuit for meaning discovered within and like you say it kind of. Uh, <laughs> are you ever enough you? for you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and so, so I think the fact that meaning is discovered by looking outside of me and towards God, who is the creator, mm. lifts this huge burden off of me as an individual um, to allow Him to make those definitions and me to, in some shape or form, seek to reflect what he, what he says and who He is.
0: Yeah, and, and, and another way, sort of another angle to explore that is you know, this quest for finding ourselves. I think you mentioned something about this in your talk actually, about yeah. know, trying to you know, the, who who I really am, you yeah. know, and, and talking of gender, you know, that the language comes in quite easy then doesn't it? Of I I feel I really am. Yeah a man or woman, male yeah. or female. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, for someone who isn't created as they see it. Uh, and is just who they choose to be I, how would you really know that you've found the real you, you I'm quite may, maybe these people are more stable internally but I, <laughs> I myself you know and I might think one week oh yeah. yeah I'm really at home with this this feels really me or whatever but in a year's time things change don't they our yeah. internal furniture moves around yeah, yeah. how would you know you've got there yeah
1: you, you know I, so it yeah, it, it is. It is. Uh, uh, I think I quoted uh, an American feminist who um, said that she considered herself neither gay nor straight, neither male nor female, neither human being nor animal. <laughs> you sort of go. Um, so. So who who are you?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Who who, who can you be defined by not being something? yeah that's a very sad place to be isn't it by being defined by what you're not yeah you know whereas i think god defines us very clearly by who he is and that relieves me of this huge burden of this burden of self-discovery Yes, um and trying to find myself but i equally fully understand that we can be a bit We can be a can appear to be a little bit harsh and lacking in compassion in this, don't we? Mm. But I think that's every human being's pursuit. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It, uh, and we pursue that in different ways. Uh, Korea, I talked about one. Gender's another. But we're, we're, we're all looking for ourselves. Yes. Uh, but the beautiful thing is, you know, when we look to God, we find the truth about who we are. Yeah. And, um, uh, and and that's so we're defined... I, the, the, the definition of who I am is outside of me, not inside of me. And
0: I think, thank God for that. Yes. <laughs> and when you're lost, there's a, there's a guide, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what would you say then for those who say, um, well, the Christian vision sounds to me like God is just telling you and boxing you into a, this little stereotype of who you have to be. Is it like that as a Christian in your experience? Is, is you know, learning to respond to God saying, "Adrian, I've made you this way." Has that been a restrictive thing for you? I I think
1: personally, that's a liberating thing.
0: Explain why, because for some people they won't get that. Yeah.
1: Well, I think one of the things I think is often the deep desires within us are in conflict with one another as well. Do you know what I mean? So if we use Again, a simple illustration. Um, I might want to be really successful in business, which demands time, energy, resources. But I also want to be a brilliant father, or a brilliant mother. I want to be both. Mm. Well, Mm. these, on a primary level, these two things conflict, do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So, how do we handle that conflict? I think the best thing to do is to say, how has God made me to be and live and that then I think provides us with um, a clear framework to possibly enjoy the fullness of what it means to work and the fullness of what it means to be a father or mother. Do you know what I mean? Um, Because I think God very cleverly prescribes some ways that we should live that enable us to flourish as human beings. So I don't see it as restrictive at all.
0: Yeah,
1: I think somebody else has used the illustration. We might have used it. You know, um, uh, you know, seeing a goldfish in a in a in a tank or in a bowl, we say, you know, it, it's limited. poor little fish. <laughs> poor little fish. It needs setting free. Let's stick it on the lawn. And of course, you know, there are a set of boundaries that God lovingly, knowingly. Mm. Uh, has provided the, for our own for the flourishing of human life mm. and uh, and so I think gender is one of those family is another we'll talk about this later there's a place for singleness um, and uh, and I think some of what we sort of call or traditionally called the law um, uh, they're amazing um, um sociological psychological st- structures or principles that i think if you look beneath the words themselves make life exciting and yeah. make life yeah. make life possible you know what yeah I mean? yeah
0: and allow us to be all yeah. that god creates us yeah. and to be you know, you yeah. think you do you think of little children don't you and how as parents you you know that for your children to be happy they need very firm boundaries yeah in which to live yeah, yeah. that shape their world and uh, we sort of live under this illusion that when we get older, we no longer need firm boundaries. But yeah. but the reality is that it, 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 without, like a body without a skeleton, collapses. A life without boundaries and frameworks yeah. loses any sense of shape and centre. And I think it does. Know. And, and and you,
1: know, the challenge is if you change one boundary, where where if you pull up the boundary marker, where do you put it down again? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. So, yeah. Um, so the the whole issue. I think I talked about someone who considered themselves transracial and was really sort of taken to pieces by the media for that thought. But but well, why not? Well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Why 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 can't I, a white person, become say actually I identify as Chinese?
0: Yeah. Or if it's all about our self-definition. Yeah. Or yeah. again,
1: you know, the issue of you know the issue of marriage, which we've talked about. If you say, you know what. Well, Where do you, if you you lift the boundary marker, where do you put it down again? If I'm, I don't know, if I'm 45, I've got a daughter that's 20, age of consent, mature, we're both two mature adults and we both say, well, we love each other and we're meant to be together because I've found the right person. We'd all lift our hands in horror and say, "You, you've got to be joking! You can't marry your daughter." Yeah. But if we've lifted up the boundary marker, what, why have we put it down there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah.
0: yeah. Um, it, it becomes almost random and and forever insecure, doesn't it? Because It only needs another generation to come along and say, "Well, actually, we've changed our mind on that one." Absolutely. And off you go again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, Where are we going? Back onto the notes, where were we meant to be headed? So so I think, um, you know, that meaning, the actual impact for the individual, so some of these boundaries by God really that he puts in there to allow for our flourishing, and can save us from a lot of pain, I would suggest. Um, To use a simple example, it's fairly common knowledge that Christians, that the Bible teaches that sex is for marriage. Yeah. I've known a lot of people who have had sex before marriage, and a lot of people who have saved sex for marriage. And, and it's one of those interesting examples where I don't know a single couple that says, "Oh, I really regret not sleeping around before I got married." <laughs> you know, I don't know just yeah. genuinely. I don't know anyone that says, "Yeah." That. I, 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 but I also don't know anyone, any Christian couple, truly Christian couple, who says, "I don't regret yeah. having sex with other partners before yeah. the person I'm married and." I know mean, that's an anecdote, but it's, a, it's just one example where, although it requires obedience and faith in us, because we all have these conflicting desires, like you, yeah. say, you know, and, and it takes a discipleship and submission and trust Jesus that He knows best. Yeah, the outcome can be, you know, a, a lot of pain spared really, and pleasures I enjoyed. Think so. I think so.
1: Definitely.
0: What would you say has been the sort of some of the hardest? Things to sort of trust God for in your life, Adrian, and boundaries He's set that you've most naturally wanted to shift, perhaps. I've just Or, put that, you on spot there, or that you have <laughs> shifted, you know. Which, which have been some of the hardest ones for you, or, or, or maybe the ones where you've kind of, you look back and you think, I, I'm so glad that that I did trust God with that. You know what I mean? I wonder yeah. if there's anything that comes to mind. I'll have a think as well, but yeah. Um, just trying to let people in a bit to you know, the, the liberation of living within God's markers. Um, so I, well, I'll I'll start with one then, mate, and, and maybe you can think. So I, I've talked at church before about my former uh, struggle with pornography. And um, in our culture today, of course, weirdly, because we're sort of very influenced by the feminist agenda and we're influenced by other things, you'd think that pornography would be a no-no, but still at the moment, actually, it's... Well, as long as you're over 18, do what you like, you know. Yeah. So, culture would tell me whatever happens in the privacy of your bedroom is fine. Yeah. I know it's a killer. Yeah. The devastation in your own life. You you know, people commit suicide because of a pornography addiction. Yeah. It's not often talked about, but you you give up hope of being able to be free. Yeah. And. And and for me, that's been one of the most powerful examples in my life of realizing, you know, that the laws of God are for good, yeah, and and not for ill. Yeah.
1: I can't think of one. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: okay. Well, that happens when you put people on the spot. Yeah. 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 Would, it'd, be, it'd be good to. Um, I think this is something we'll keep coming back to you through this series, actually, probably, be, because God's design for relationship is, so different from cultures. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll probably keep revisiting. You know, how is this actually played out in our lives? You yeah. Know? How how is was the call to be faithful in marriage? When I could easily have walked away from my spouse, being for my good rather than for my harm, you know. And, yeah. And. Um, and with children, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's part of a bigger subject as well, which we'll talk about as well, isn't it? It's, um, so I heard somebody recently talk about the whole uh, concept of discipleship as not being a New Testament concept, hmm. but it's, it's existed for all time. And the, the guy who's an expert in, um, a bit about is a is a theologian, very. Uh, 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 um, I think he studies Hebrew and all that sort of thing Go, t- took, took, took us all back to Leviticus which is, a, which is a book that we all struggle with a bit to yeah. sort of talk about how God says be holy as he is holy and how he sees as far as he's concerned that statement of being um, the roots of Jesus teaching and the roots of current sort of rabbinical schools that, so the whole idea is throughout the whole of the Bible, that the way to live your life is to try and be like God. Mm. And then he gave some excellent examples of things God did, and then how he asked his people to do likewise. And you sort of, so I I think there's this sense in which sometimes we see see the Bible as a list of do's and don'ts, rather than saying, you know, we're created, God knows how we Mm. should live. Mm. And he does those things as well and calls us to live like him do you know what i mean yeah so he talks about how god visits is it abraham or isaac when he's ill and he says the reason why jewish people hold visiting the sick in high regard is because god visits the sick so let's not make any questions about it let's go on and visit the sick because that's what god does it's a slightly different subject but i guess what i'm saying is there's this whole safety in saying I don't have to work out how to live my life totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if, I, if, I, if I look at God and what he's like, that gives me a shape yeah. in which to live my life like him. And ultimately, going back to one of the points you made earlier, is the whole point of it is about God, not about us,
0: yeah. and
1: it's about living like him. And and so I think sometimes we do, some, you know, we'd like to do some stuff and still would like to do it. Yeah. You know, we don't, our desire for something doesn't change but because we want to be like God we choose not to do those things as yeah. well do you know what i mean
0: and and as jesus promises as we lose our life in those choices yeah. we end up finding it and absolutely up, you know what this feels like yeah. what life was meant to be about yeah yeah and it's so amazing isn't it and so clever yeah you know
1: supposedly we're more free today than we've ever been yet the the prevalence of mental illness in particular is exponentially high and growing so I thought we were free what's that about do you know what I mean
0: you could draw a high line of correlation can you between sort of moral ethical epistemological freedom and mental health struggles definitely which unquestionably. Very interesting yeah. and something we should all think a lot yeah. about. You know? And
1: I think the core, when you push to the core of many of those mental health struggles, though I'm no expert, I would say they're often issues of identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who and I am, what's who life I am. About? Yeah. Am I good enough? Yeah. And all of those questions and how do I become better? How do I become and will more everything sensitive? be okay? And will everything be okay? And they yeah. create this enormous amount of stress. Yeah. Whereas I think if we just look to God and say, "What's He like? How do I become like Him?" Yeah. So if He does this, I'll do that. That He's done. I, I I think there's freedom in that, enormous
0: freedom in that. And Christianity, really, therefore, is is um, it's not easy. No. But it's not complicated. No, it's not. <laughs> do what Jesus yeah. does. Yeah. Copy who God is. Yeah. That's basically the gist. Yeah. Yeah. We will sort of finish the podcast there, but for those of you who are listening, I I know that some of the big questions around gender are things like, um, well, what if I do feel inside, you know, a load of feelings that I I would say, you know, I feel like a woman, even though I'm in a man's body, or, um, you know, well, I'm created, but God seems to have created me in a way that causes me discomfort or distress you know what's to say about that and, and we just want to say that we've not ignored those questions but we're just saving them for our evening with Dr Rick Thomas because he's yeah. he's got an expertise that will help and um, and we want to make proper time for those questions there so if you've been a bit frustrated through this podcast thinking Tim and Asian, this is all very well but you're but you're dodging some of the real uh difficult questions then Come to the evening and also text your questions in in advance to make sure we answer them. We, if you've got a question and you want it addressed, then text it in. Otherwise, it will be your fault if we don't actually get around to talking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Don't forget, it's the 7th of October
1: at quarter to eight here at um, ACC.
0: Thank you, Adrian.
1: Thank you.